welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and the Coalition Snow Ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are with us in season one, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is all about taking conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and even at the dinner table and bringing them to you bi-monthly for productive, meaningful conversations that explore alternative narratives to the conventional dialogue about what it means to be a woman in modern society. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Juicy Bits. We have something really special in store for you today because we have a special guest in the studio at the Reno Collective. So I want to welcome Jen Wright to Juicy Bits. Hi. Hi. So you might be wondering, how did this happen? So Jen is actually one of our Patreon supporters, and that's how we originally met. And then she happened to be in Reno on the same day that Jillian and I were in the studio. And because we've had these really interesting conversations with Jen, we thought, you know what? We should bring her into the studio because it's not often that you get to have really productive conversations with people who have opposing views. So when we think about issues you can have opposing views on, your head might be spinning right now, where are they gonna go? And you might imagine yourself showing up to the family or friend gathering and you're like, yeah, can't talk about politics, can't talk about religion, can't talk about you know healthcare in the US without it creating a negative space or a negative dynamic or unproductive dialogue. And so we feel really fortunate today to bring to the space a rather controversial topic. Um, We're gonna be tackling abortion. And I think about that as not being completely polarizing because I don't think there are just two sides to this issue. I think there's a myriad of lenses with which this needs to be unpacked. And so we're gonna attempt to do that today with productive and meaningful dialogue. First of all, I just wanna say thank you so much for having me on. This is such an honor to be able to come in here and have a conversation with you guys that y'all are welcoming my quote unquote opposing viewpoint and are willing to sit down and have a discussion with me. So thank you. I'm very grateful for that. Well, Jen, I think it's going to be really nice. So this is I just have to take a, just a little step back because Jen Gorecki here, and now we have Jen Wright. And in our other instances in Coalition, we've had Jen two ends, other Jen. We've actually had a Jen that we made her go by her middle name. So I don't want to call you other Jen today, but we're going to have our guest Jen, and then we have Jen. You'll be able to follow along. I think your voices are distinct enough. Maybe we'll go with that. So one of the pieces, I want to just back up a day or two ago. You're passing through, and um, you were just at Burning Man. And you know I get a call from Jen. Gorecki, sort of having me marinate on this idea. And I'll have to be perfectly honest, you know, I'm a new mother. And when I was talking to my partner at home last night about coming into the studio and talking about this topic, one of his reactions to me was, you know, are, are you ready? Are you really going to do this? And I think from what you shared with me, the conversations you all started, I feel like it's just an opportunity to also model part of that conversation. And it's okay to be a little nervous or a little afraid because it's not an easy thing to talk about. 
And let's just get into why we're actually talking about this. So we didn't just pick this topic out of a hat. Because we were able to connect with Jen on our Patreon, we had a Skype call together where she had mentioned this feminist movement in the Christian church. And then she had sent us an email that had a link about this new pro-life group. So I clicked on the link and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And we emailed a little bit about it. And then when Jen and I went out for drinks the other night, we talked more about it. And it was after our conversation that I thought to myself, like this, we should be having this conversation with more people to hear it. So that's why we're here today. So Jen, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you sent us this email and what this group's all about? I think, A, the conversation is so important and there is an outside, how do I put this, effort to keep sides divided. And I think that is totally counterproductive. And when I started listening to y'all's show, I understood that y'all felt that was counterproductive as well and would be willing to have conversations with the other side in order to bring unity together and really affect a change. And, you know, y'all are y'all are feminists. I'm a Christian. And we seem to get a really negative narrative of feminists, liberal feminists, almost like fake news. We get these memes of the angry, just, you know, vim and vitriol yelling, like, you know, a masculine. <laughs> Pretty much, like, not even bra burning because you don't even wear bras. Um, but just. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you just go topless everywhere. Yeah. Oh, wait, that was Burning Man. Yeah, so I think we are fed this narrative from our side. I was like, wait a minute, that's that's not at all what they're portraying. And there is a feminist movement within the church that I've, I, I've mentioned, and so this article came out where they're sort of co-opting this feminist rhetoric. And honestly, I wanted to get y'all's opinion if it was some sort of like cultural appropriation like is it is this effective or is it something that maybe will upset you guys you know they mentioned a group embrace grace that has deeply affected my life and I'm actually friends with the founder she goes to my church we live in the same town that group is just pivotal in my own salvation story so I just I wanted to get that out there and talk about what they do when it comes to anti-abortion and that sort of thing. So what is it that they do? Because when you shared this link with us, it was clear that it was a very different anti-abortion group than what I had seen. So tell us a little bit about their style. What's what's their jam? So they don't even consider themselves anti-abortion. That right there just already sets the scene for us versus them, anti-this, pro-that. So they're not pro-life. They're not pro-choice. They're pro-love. And that's their big message is they just love these women who are hurting, who have two options up before them, abortion or not abortion. And they believe that every life is sacred, even in the womb. And they understand, though, that a lot of groups, a lot of anti-abortion groups convince these women to not have abortions. And then that's it. They just leave them hanging. There's no support group. There's no educating them on how to support themselves, how to raise their child, 
how to do anything. And so this group comes alongside them during the pregnancy of nine months and gets them set up with Medicaid, whatever they need. And then even after they have the child, there's another group, Embrace Life, where they walk alongside them because that's, you know, its own unique set of challenges. I'm sure you understand, Jillian, that um, once they have the child, it just it doesn't end there either. And so we're talking about a good two to two and a half year program where this group just loves on these women and helps them. And right before they have the baby, they have a, a huge baby shower where everything is provided. Like people donate money, they donate goods. Everything is provided for these women, these girls. It's it, They range from about 14 to 30, even though my best friend, when she got hooked up with them, she was like 35, but had zero resources. Like I was watching her decide whether or not to have abortion or have the baby. And we found this group for her and it changed both of our lives. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting in our, the conversation, Jen, that you and I had the other night was that like, I'm obviously pro-choice. I always have been. I believe that women have the capacity to make decisions for themselves and that the government does not need to regulate their bodies and that everybody makes choices that have consequences, both positive and negative. I also find that abortion is something that is really important for people who maybe do not have the financial resources to raise a child, for people who are in abusive relationships, for people who are at a time in their life where having a baby could be catastrophic. And that sort of last point is where I found that you and I and even this group shared a lot of common ground on this idea of the importance of creating communities of support, that women who become pregnant need a community and they need love and support and they need actual resources, money and diapers and food and medical services. And they need all of this and through their entire pregnancy and afterwards. And I personally believe that if women had that, then maybe they would actually not want to have an abortion because they would feel like they had the capacity to bring a child into this world and care for it in the way that they wanted to. And what struck me about our conversation was that my belief in that, and I won't put words into your mouth, but I I think your belief in that and this group's belief is that we all believe that. And that I thought was like, wow, look at us. We have someone who's pro-life and pro-choice, but we've absolutely agree on this point of building communities of support for mothers. So I'm going to say something incredibly controversial that will probably get me a lot of trouble with my own community, but I'm actually poor choice as well. Oh, okay. I don't believe that the government should force its will on anyone. Jesus Christ, God, gave us free will and gave us the reasoning skills to make our own decisions. God doesn't push himself on us. We choose to follow him and Jesus Christ, and I believe that that should be in every aspect of our lives. I don't think that the government should force itself. I'm going to pray that women make a different decision, but it's their decision to make, nobody else's. Now, you you shared that that would be quite controversial to be heard in your community. Has this been something that you feel there's a space for you to have discussion and dialogue in the community? Or do you feel that it's very much um, black and white, pro-life, and 
that's sort of where it ends. It is very black and white. I don't actually say that very often in my own circle. I've told that to non-Christians and they're just equally as shocked. But yeah, I don't really voice it. It's kind of my belief, my opinion. And again, it goes in the same, like, I don't push my beliefs on other people. And so people can believe whatever they want. But yeah, like, I don't want that choice for the women. But I had to make that choice myself. And I had to choose abortion. Because just like you said, Jen, I didn't have a community. I didn't have support. If Embrace Grace had been around, um, this was at least 15 years ago, and went to a Planned Parenthood, and it was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. I would never wish that on my worst enemy, but it is a decision that I made myself and one that I have to live with. Fortunately, you know, God's mercies are new every morning, and I am forgiven, you know, in my eyes, not that I'm not putting condemnation on anybody else. It is their decision, and they have to do what they feel is best for themselves, which is what I did. But I know it's it's not an easy decision. I, I speak from experience. It is gut-wrenching and life-altering, and the repercussions are not just physical. I believe they're spiritual as well. And so that's why we have to have that community of support for these women so they are able to make a different choice than I did. Um, thank you. That was really <laughs> courageous. But it does make me think about the societal shame that can come yeah. from making that decision. And I think that's something, if I had any input in this conversation to share, again, as a new mother, I think about what went into finding out I was pregnant, nurturing my body and my spirit and my emotional and mental capacity in a way that I felt like I was, you know, caring and, and nourishing this being inside. And then once she came and I couldn't wait to meet her, then what it takes to nourish and care for this little being on the outside. And so this idea of that support is so paramount. But one of the pieces is if someone were to make that decision, the shame that I think society imposes is really toxic because within that decision you have to be able to and you used an example of kind of religion I think you said it very eloquently where you're like God's mercy is new every day I like that but I think about it in the just even the realm of when we can forgive ourselves um, regardless of your of your faith or your, or your connection to a higher spirit but that level of forgiveness to then be able to go on and carry on in a way that that was the right decision for you at that time and I think that's really what it comes down to and thinking about if it's my decision, your decision, Jen's decision, anyone out there listening, that's what is at the fundamental core of this is you have the capacity to decide and nothing should be imposed upon you. And a piece of this conversation that does really get me kind of fired up will be that societal shame because there's a piece of it is if someone chose, and this is really timely right now in, in the appointment of a Supreme Court justice and looking at an administration that could be shifting rights away from women is there's no such thing as like, making it like if you make abortions illegal they don't just go away you basically change the conversation of safe abortions yeah. and non-safe abortions so not only do we take away women's right to choose to the, the myriad of issues that you spoke to um, really strongly Jen about the thought process that goes into that decision but if we take away the safe option we take away the option that's at a Planned Parenthood clinic or that that's at a reputable doctor then we put women 
back decades and decades to douching with bleaches and issues of self-mutilation and really, really toxic practices that could not only kill the child, but also the mother. And so that's also the conversation where I'm like, wait a second, if you're, if there's a part of it that, that we're respecting life, we also have to think about the life of the mother and then the life that that impacts once those practices can be employed if abortion is made inaccessible to women because it's not going to go away just by making it legal. I agree 100%. My mother had a legal abortion in the 60s, and it was very detrimental to her health. And I always use the example of prohibition. Just because you make a thing illegal doesn't make it go away. It just pushes it underground and makes it incredibly dangerous and actually creates a black market of incredibly dangerous criminals that is worse than if you just had the thing in general. And so in no way am I condoning, and I I just want to make that very clear, I don't agree. I believe that every life is sacred is an imager of God, that even as soon as life is created within the womb, it is an imager of God, and that's why life is sacred. And so a lot of times things can be taken out of context, even for my own community and like, oh my gosh, she's totally like pro-abortion. And so I'm not, but you're absolutely right. And I think the church has done, again, a horrible job in putting shame on women who have had abortions. This group that I'm involved with, they get a lot of pushback from the church. They'll There's groups all over the country, like over 300 groups. There's groups in Africa, Zambia, Zambia, Ghana. um, I can't remember all the different countries. (laughs) But when they're contacting people to start a group, contacting churches, they're like, well, you're just condoning sin. And they're like, no, we're just loving the women in a horrible situation. It's being pregnant's not a horrible situation, but not knowing what to do when you're faced with this life-altering event. And then they also have groups for the men, for the fathers to come in and learn how to be a father, essentially, Um, because it takes two to make a baby. And they have a voice, not necessarily a say, but they have a voice in the conversation as well. And a lot of them, you know, do want to be a part, but they're just as terrified They don't know how to provide for this baby. They're not equipped to provide for this baby. And so they freak out and ghost the situation. And so they come alongside the men as well and and help them build up their confidence level to be able to help care for the child as well. If a young woman were to come to embrace Grace Mm -hmm. and... Again, everything you're laying out to me is just such a it's just such a great addition, I think, to the conversation, community of support, not only through pregnancy, but the first few years. I will say that there's also a lot beyond those first three years. So that's also another level of the dialogue. It's like wonderful to have early foundations for nutrition and and child rearing and and maybe job placement. And then you're like, okay, well, what about early childhood education and elementary education, secondary college is criminally expensive now. And so there are those those layers. Um, But I think about the young woman. She was a a migrant teen. She went by the name of Jane Doe in all the court proceedings. And she was recently interviewed. And it was interesting to me because she's from Mexico, which is a practicing Catholic country. And her, in, in translation, 17 years old, her really simple but honest 
request for the abortion was, I'm not really old enough yet. I don't know quite what to do, and this just isn't the right time. So if a woman, a young woman, or even a, a, an older woman were to come to Embrace Grace but they, and they recognize that they were providing support, but they still wanted access or resources to help them have an abortion, is that something Embrace Grace is equipped to do for these women as well? While you're taking a moment to think about it, I also just want to point out that you're not an official spokesperson think, for yeah, them, which right. is that just should be said that, that that you are familiar with the organization and you support them, but you're not a founder or necessarily an active member. So what we're really we're sort of having like a bigger picture conversation about it. So just so that our listeners are aware of that. But I'll let you answer. I just wanted okay. to say that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Or you could not answer it. I'm just curious because I do think it's a, it's a really interesting approach and a really necessary element in this bigger picture. But that's a question I really had. Um, it's my understanding they're not going to provide them with the resources of where to go to have this abortion. But they're not going to just kick them out and say, no, sorry, we're not going to help you. They'll provide them with resources for aftercare, like counseling and that sort of thing because it is a very traumatic experience it is again speaking from experience it's incredibly traumatic to have something alive inside of you and then no longer have that inside of you and so again I can't 100% speak to what I know it happens a lot I know these women are right on the line of making that decision and honestly more times than not, they choose not to. Um, so I don't have the statistics. I could totally make it up, <laughs> which <laughs> is funny. But, I, you know, I don't know exactly how many choose to not versus how many choose to. Um, that That is a great question. So I'd have to actually talk to Amy and see what happens when that when that situation arises. Do you think that their model is something that the church would actually embrace and that we could advance the, the dialogue talk to talk more about this concept of communities of support? Or do you think that we are going to continue to be stuck in, you know, this binary pro-life, pro-choice conversation? Like where where do you as a Christian fall on that? It's starting to be embraced countrywide. I mean, they are in almost every single state. There's not a group in Nevada yet, so that would be a really cool place to start one. But there are hundreds and hundreds of groups all over the country, all over the world. So I believe this is something that it's a movement. It's it's going to be big. It's something that the church is embracing. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's all about just showing the love of Jesus, you know, not no condemnation, no shame, like meeting them right where they're at and loving them through it. And that's ultimately what the gospel is about. Just loving your brothers and sisters and not judging them because that is not a job I want. That is not my job. And I don't want that responsibility. And so we as a whole, and I think there is a movement leaning towards this, that where we're just going to start loving people. And that's all it's about is just love. Well, Jen, I just want to thank you for coming in today and being willing and open to have this conversation. I know that our time together has been really valuable for me as an individual who identifies to be relatively agnostic 
about religion, which you and I discussed a little bit about my Jewish mother and my Catholic father. So um, I have really enjoyed hearing a perspective that I normally do not in my liberal bubble. And I've learned a lot from you. And what's been most valuable to me is actually knowing that there's human beings in this world where we can have discussions where we don't necessarily agree, but they're actually productive and positive and respectful. And I believe that we are going to have more conversations like this over the years. And and I just really appreciate you taking the risk. Because let's just say that Jen did not know what we were going to talk about today besides Let's talk about abortion and that email that you sent. So she, you know, could have been coming into the lion's den for all that she she knew. Nice Bible reference. You like that? Oh, yeah. Okay, good job. Um, That's Daniel. Mm. <laughs> I did not know that, but good to know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so just, you know, thanks for thanks for showing up in the way that you do. Thank you. Yeah, and I want to echo that. It's funny. I had the I had the Catholic mother and the and the jewish father so it's so interesting um that uh that your flip dynamic of that but the to me the the biggest take home is that letting go of just the binary that there's only two ways to look at it and then also recognizing that you can have those conversations that can be productive but also like you've left me with some questions and you've also left me with kind of like hmm some things to think about and i think if we can step away from conversations and have some questions and have some things that force us to go back and do our own self-reflective work, then that's also really meaningful. And I do really applaud you for coming in and, um, and speaking your mind. Well, thank you. I think sometimes we get stuck in our own echo chambers. And, you know, I've really been stretching myself to start listening to other podcasts and other beliefs and opinions to really question my own paradigm and stretch that and say, well, is what I think, is what I believe. And I'm having a hard time describing it. You know, like there's other views out there. It's not just mine, you know. I have my core belief values that are unshakable that you will not be able to shake them. And and those are the, the things that, you know, I, I'll die on the hill for. But everything else, you're supposed to question. That's what scripture says. Question everything. Test every spirit. And so that even means my own beliefs. And so thank you for having me on and uh, being able to discuss it. Our pleasure. And we would love to continue this conversation with all of you, our listeners. So if you would like to share your thoughts or ask your questions, please hit us up at juicybits at coalitionsnow.com or head on over to Coalition and reach out to us via social media or our online contact form. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.